was a, he was a basically decent human being that was in a very bad system that had a bad philosophy underlying it. And that's why at the end of the time, it, you know, my question in that, if you got to the end, I show a picture of a bus sitting over a cliff. It's half hanging off. A cliff. Oh, wow. And, and, and the question I asked myself is, okay, at some point he should have realized the moral problem here and gotten off that bus before it started going that. over the cliff. Yeah. So, 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 and I, and I, and this is years ago, what was that? That was 2008 or something or seven. When I made that, that video, I said, the question I have is now that we are going down this path, we've already, we're going around socialized medicine. It's, it's, it's consuming more and more of our, our, our medical society and our medical world in America. We're not quite at the level of the Canadians or the British or the national health service, but it's close. It's a basically close. So will we know when the time comes, how to get off that bus? Will our doctors get off the bus on time? And the answer, what we've shown in COVID is no, because what happened a few years ago with Obamacare, we used to have about 75% of the, when Obamacare was instituted around 2010, 2009, 2010, um, the, uh, the, the point is that most doctors at that point, 75% were in private practice. But what Obamacare very cleverly did is they made the rules so complicated, you know, electronic re reporting and electronic medical records. And it, I mean, I can, re I spent God knows how much money in my office trying to figure out how I was going to transition to this because it was a nightmare. And mm -hmm. um, ultimately I ended up uh, selling out and going to take a contract back in my home state, leaving Arizona, taking a contract part-time with a hospital because I was getting older too, but just because I couldn't keep my private practice. I had seven employees. I had, you know, a PA, I had lots of, lots of moving parts, but that required a lot of overhead. And I was working hundred hour weeks to keep that overhead going in a system that was more and more complicated and you couldn't do it. So, so like most other doctors, I ended up selling out. And so now we have over 75% of the doctors and probably a lot more than that, because a lot of that 25% are doctors like me that are, 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 outside the system, but we're also not seeing patients. We're technically on the rolls. We're uh -huh. technically still practicing by their out-of-date statistics, but we're, we're licensed, but we're not seeing patients. So we don't really count. So I would say probably 95% of doctors now seeing patients are government doctors. They're, they're funded by the government. They're in fun government-funded hospitals. And more recently, after that talk, I, I spoke at a um, at, to my the hospital that I'm not with anymore, but this was a long time ago, but I had a contract with a hospital and they asked me if I wanted to give a speech. They probably never asked me again uh, to the <laughs> medical board, to the hospital board of that hospital. And I discussed this problem. And I also discussed, you know, doing business in the, in the Nazi regime. For example, um, these companies like Degish company. Okay. Degish was a small company that was in the IG Farben conglomerate, but it was an independent, mm -hmm. uh, other than that, it was under the IG Farben, but it ran as a little independent branch or company. And it made Zyklon, it made, it was an insect, it made insecticides, including Zyklon B. Well, over time, you know, 80%, 85% of their income was coming from the Nazi war effort. So at some point you have to understand that you know, it went, it, when you take the government money and they yeah. tell you to do e participate in evil, you have all these shareholders. At what point do you say no? Because you can say no and it's not going to crash your company. But see, the hospitals let themselves be taken in by government money. Mm 
So now over 80%, 85% of all the health dollars spent are government dollars on health care. I think it's up to that. It was 75%. I'm pretty sure it's over 80% now is the last number I heard. At that, at this point, if a hospital doesn't do what they say, like a hospital CEO doesn't force all the employees to get vaccinated, they lose their Medicare and Medicaid funds funds. You see, so yeah. they defund them. And so now we have a situation where we have doctors are all working for hospitals. So if the hospital goes down, they go down. Um, the hospitals are not run by doctors anymore. They're run by CEOs that didn't take an oath to the Hippocrates, did not take an oath to the patient's well-being. They took mm -hmm. an oath to their bottom line of the hospital, to their board, to their yeah. to their funders, okay, and to keep the, the 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 dollars coming in. And that could be at the expense of you if you're what? if you're if you're a patient costing them too much money. That could be at your expense. Are, you know? are they are they receiving incentives? For diagnosing the uh, COVID and and oh, yes. and um, the ventilators and things of that sort. Yes. Now I don't have the numbers in my head, but anybody can go look at um, aapsonline.org is the 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 online presence of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And Dr. Lee Vliet, V L I E T, Dr. Lee Vliet wrote a wonderful article about that. She detailed she you know it's it's all out there in print. Any doctor in practice can get this information because we have it in our um, our. It, it's like it's all coded and it's all coded. You know, we don't charge things, by the way. Doctors no longer write the write what we're going to charge you. The government tells you what they're going to pay you. Insurance companies tells you what you're going to pay you. And then uh -huh. we make up our charge sheet to capture that amount. I mean, that's all it is. We don't have any say over it. So that's what's wow. going on. So the hospital gets paid a certain amount from the, the state. For example, in, in, in certain like rural areas. Um, I think Iowa has a cost plus arrangement so that the, the hospitals, they do the standard billing, but then at the end of the year, if they're underwater, they get they get bailed out by the state funds to a cost plus 1% or whatever it is. Uh -huh. So it's almost like it's like there's no there's no uh, what they call moral hazard. You know, if you don't use your money correctly, you can still get bailed out. But it's all about keeping the keeping the dollars rolling into these hospitals. And it's through government funds, state and federal. So what happens if the government says, if you speak about ivermectin, if your doctors are caught speaking about using ivermectin for these patients, we'll take away your funding. Wow. So guess what? They tell the doctors, you start talking about ivermectin, we're going to fire you. And, oh, wow. you know, some good guys like doc, that's what happened to Dr. Simone Gold. She worked for, uh -huh. uh, you know, she worked for American um, Frontline. Uh -huh. Right, right. So and I'm a member of that. She okay. um, she, I, she asked me to come speak about the masks. So I became one of the early AFLDS doctors to go do in the myth of masks. Um, <laughs> one of the most banned videos on YouTube. Oh, for, yeah. Like, to make you, YouTube was like five nanoseconds, but it was on uh, Alex Jones, put it up on band.video. And it was one of the top <laughs> videos for months anyway. But yeah, I, I had a band video um but she told but she she was at kaiser permanente and she first had these patients show up with what we call covid whatever that was we can talk about but she said you know she looked at the literature she did what we used to do what doctors used to do we read the literature we talked to our colleagues when something new happened you don't have time to wait for new 30-year double-blind studies you have to figure out how to treat it so you you deal with all this and you talk to people and you say hey this is really working so she did it she treated some people with hydroxychloroquine they got better immediately she goes uh -huh. wow 
And so she started doing that and Kaiser Permanente thumped her for it and ultimately fired her for it. Wow. Because she wouldn't quit doing it. She said, wait a minute. She couldn't, you know, she, unlike me, I, the one good thing I had going for me, having been a member of the AAPS, which is the group of private, we've been talking about against government medicine since 1943, because we saw what happened in World War II. So um, we split off from the AMA saying, you're an evil part of the government. We're not going to go that way. You guys, uh -huh. you guys are going to go down when you do that. So <laughs> we've been small, but, but effective, I think. So anyway, I've gotten a taste of this. And so I was prepared to understand what was going on. But a lot of my colleagues, Dr. McCullough at first, uh, Harvey Risch, these guys that are university boys, that they're, they've lived, they grew up in this university system, uh, um, Simone Gold. I mean, she believed in vaccines. She believed in all this stuff because she just didn't think that the medical system had gone wrong. You know, they yeah. just grew up in it. Now I'm a little older and I've had this experience. So I, I was seeing it with a John Desai to begin with that, that we were going down the wrong path, but these guys had to, it was like a big brick between their eyes. I remember when McCullough and, and Harvey Risch and I, and, and one other guy, I think Dr. Free from Harvard, we're all on a panel. It's here. I am. I'm a little small town, nobody. And here are all these famous people on this panel and they're kind of, <laughs> and this is early on and they're kind of going, you know, I, I'm looking at what the Koreans and the Chinese have done in the past with these things. And why aren't we doing that? And this can't yeah. be right. And what, why are they saying these things? And finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I raised my hand and I said, I don't think you guys see the big picture here. We're at war. This is a bioweapon. We're being attacked. Yeah. This is not mistakes by the, your medical overlords. These are, these are, these are purposeful takedown yeah. strategies. And they all looked at me like, I've lost this person. Who is this person that has lost their mind? And then they went back on to scratching their heads and saying, what's it? But now they've got it, right? Now yeah. these guys have got it. They see it. Simone's got it. She she bravely started AFLDS and start. Now I, she's, she's under there. She's being sued. There's all this stuff going on. So it's a nightmare. But I'm just saying, this is what happened is that we were purposely taken down. And it started by corralling the doctors into uh -huh the hospitals and the and taking over the hospitals from out of the hands of ethical physicians and into the hands of the money changers. Yeah. Uh, you know, years ago, I watched um, Dr. Leonard Horowitz. Yo, I love him. And, and, and I couldn't, you know, it was, it was mind boggling to believe some of the, some of the claims that he made. Well, that men were getting, <laughs> they were getting contracts from the government to make bioweapons to kill the people. And that was just, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're still and it's still going on. You see yeah. now and Len Horowitz, I, he actually he's coming on my show, uh, my Bright Down show next Wednesday. Oh, um, I'm going to catch that. Yeah. From tomorrow, six o'clock in Central Time. Yeah. Len Horowitz. I love Dr. Horowitz. And in fact, you know, he is such a deep researcher. So I think I'm a pretty good researcher these days. I I find things that nobody's found and I go down these rabbit holes. But I'm saying every time I get to the bottom of a rabbit hole, there's Len Horowitz. He's already <laughs> he's figured it out. You know what I'm saying? You so, know, you said something one time that, that that really stuck with me. You say if they don't want you to see something, you need to take a look at it and find absolutely. out what it is. That is absolutely <laughs> right. Like so, parasites, like, uh, you know, and, and on that road. So I, one of my new things I've been saying is remember George Carlin? You yeah, probably yeah. old enough to remember. Oh, I yeah. Speak to young doctors, they go, who? You know, but George, not that you're not young, but George Carlin, <laughs> George Carlin used to have the seven dirty words you couldn't say on TV. And uh, quite frankly, we can say them all now. Nobody cares about those seven dirty words. It's kind of <laughs> obnoxious, but you can hear, hear them. You turn on any mainstream TV, you'll hear them all. But there are now six words you can't say on TV. And those are nitazoxanide, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, fenbendazole, and chlorine dioxide. 
those six words are all anti-parasitic drugs. And, wow. and really, if yeah. you if you if you promote chlorine dioxide as a treatment, you can go to jail. Just ask Bishop Grennan from his mission. Well, you, you know, know what? The um, brother Grennan, they've asked me to um, work as the campaign director for his for his funding for, you know, because they shut down all of his banks and everything. I know and, it's horrible and, what they're doing for him. And I want to I wanted to thank you also. I've listened to some of your segments and you're always mentioning him and his ministry. And I know that his family would like to thank you as well. Oh, um, they're moving him right now. They're shuffling him back and forth in the legal system because they're having a difficult time proving why they have jurisdiction to keep him. Right, which they don't. They're having <laughs> time because they have no jurisdiction. No. Now, do your listeners know the story about uh, Bishop Grennan? I'm sharing it often. If you would, that's, okay. that's fine. Yes, you yeah, can well, share Well, I mean, my, 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 my short summary of it is that Chlorine dioxide is a is God's gift to mankind. I mean, it really is, for reasons that are known to chemists, a very wonderful substance. I, I can't tell people to use it, but I just am telling you I drink it every day and I take a uh -huh. bath in it. I took a bath in it this morning. I just, it really helps. I mean, if you have aching, I can't say if you, if when I have achiness in my joints, I, go, I sit in a, in a chlorine dioxide bath at the end of the day, and it's just gone. I mean, I'm I'm 70, and so I'm getting a little achy, but I got to say, it takes care of it. And you, sl I sleep well. I dream like I'm a kid again. I mean, it really is good. So anyway, I, I learned about this from uh, Bob Sisson, one of his um, people in his church. And and from Bishop and and from people talking about it, and finally I got to know Bishop Grennan. But essentially, one of the problems is that this is they can't make it illegal because this is a compound that is known to industry, and every one of us probably experiences chlorine dioxide every day. If you eat any vegetables or fresh fruits or things out of the grocery store, it has probably been treated with chlorine dioxide because it is the perfect sanitizer, both for your water supply and for your food. It's 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 what they call a um you know, the, the dissociation voltage is in chemical terms. I mean, the, the, the energy of, of dissociation. So Clorox can, you, you can sterilize things with Clorox, but it also damages what you're sterilizing, right? Whereas chlorine dioxide, which is not bleach, which is not, I mean, at big doses, I guess they could use it to bleach something, but in small doses, it's not a bleach. What it does is it actually takes out the bad bacteria, doesn't take out the good bacteria in your gut. It takes out the, it, it sterilizes things without oxidizing them. So, or without, without corroding them, I mean. So it's an oxidizing agent, but not a corrosive agent. So for the water supply, it doesn't damage the pipes. I mean, so industry loves this stuff. So uh -huh. they couldn't make it illegal. So when missionaries figured, and, and, and Bishop Grennan was at the bottom floor of this. He really was one of the people that helped push it out to people in the world. Once they realized that, hey, this stuff is true.